We recently ran a survey uh, through our Fair Healing site asking people who had experienced affairs just to give their input about how they've experienced the last year, 2016, and what their expectations for this next year are. We actually had, I think, over 500 responses, but not all of them completed the survey, which was only five or six questions long, so I'm not sure why some people bailed in the middle of it. But we had, what, maybe 460 people that completed the survey. And I I think one thing that's clear through it is that a fair healing is a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> That's not surprising to us. Right, right. If it wasn't, we wouldn't need to do what we do mm-hmm. in trying to help people. Yeah, and that was the one question, you know, when we were going over the data, like you said, we didn't ask a ton of different questions. And the one that you came up with, you're like, oh, that would have been such yeah. a good question. If we would have asked what kind of help you received or how long did you go to counseling or whatever, mm-hmm. that would have been a really interesting data point that we just mm-hmm. don't have. Mm-hmm. So we can only lump people together and break it apart by gender, mm-hmm. break it apart by whether they were the betrayed spouse or unfaithful spouse, break it apart by when they actually found out about the affair. But it would have been nice to know a little bit more. Because, you know, that's very important. Like you said, to us, the information that getting over an affair is a struggle, mm-hmm. like we, we we're not surprised that. by that <laughs> because we are walking through it with people. And that's why that question would have been good. It's like, oh, how many of you have actually had counseling about it? And how has that helped you or not? You know, and does that change the results? Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, that would have been a good one. But next year, like you said, let them learn. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your website and and articles that I've read. They have helped me through the most isolated time in my life. Thank you. God bless. Welcome to The Recovery Room, a podcast presented by AffairHealing.com. Here are your hosts, Tim, Sharon, and Jennifer. And that struggle that people have was obvious in some of the comments, Mm -hmm. a couple of them. You know, when we were asking about what is the hope for 2017, currently I have little hope, especially about love. Deep down, I won't let myself believe that love is really real. I had that dream of closeness, togetherness, and feeling I thought I once had with my wayward spouse, but I don't see it ever happening to me again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of feeling of hopelessness. I've heard that. I've heard that sentiment from a lot of people. My wish for myself for in 2017 is that I wake up just one morning and not think about her and what her and my husband have done to nearly destroy our marriage I would like to just one day, one moment, not wonder why I'm, um, was it good enough? I would also like to feel just one moment that I am not a second-hand person. My D-Day was Labor Day, and I've never been so alone. Another person commented, Every day I am hopeful for my marriage, and every day I am disappointed. Hmm. I think we both feel trapped, but would love to feel loved by someone and would like it to be my husband. Hmm. Gosh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a, I mean, not good in fact of what she's or he is going through, but that's very, very succinct. 
So let's talk about some of the insights maybe we gained by looking at these survey results. And basically, we simply asked questions. Once people identified a little bit about their background, male or female, whether, you know, how long ago they found out about the affair or their affair was uncovered, and also whether they were the unfaithful spouse or the betrayed spouse, basically, we just asked the question, what were some of the emotional experiences you had this past year? And what are some of the emotional experiences you expect to experience in 2017? So we looked at that data and breaking it out in different ways. But let's first of all talk about was there any difference between how betrayed spouses experienced 2016 and their expectation for next year compared to those who had an affair? Uh, first of all, let's, let, let's talk about numbers a little mm -hmm. bit. We had out of the 460-some completed surveys. There were 55 unfaithful. Okay. And then the other 300. Whatever were betrayed spouses. Exactly. Yeah, so 55. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not surprising no, <laughs> for us. No, I mean, no. but but I, I was encouraged that that many unfaithful spouses yeah. participated mm -hmm. in that's it. That's true. So, and that's significant enough. When we compare those 55 responses to the 300 plus of the betrayed, what was it like or what was different in their experience? The biggest difference was probably when it said, what five words best describe your relationship with your spouse in 2016? A lot of it was more negative for both the betrayed and unfaithful, but the unfaithful marked more the guilt, the shame, the humiliation, as opposed to the betrayed were doing the anxiety, the anger, the fear. Sure. So still the negative emotions, but which negative emotions were a lot different. Yeah. Whereas if you move to what their hope was for 2017, the responses were very similar and more of the positive response of wanting forgiveness hopefulness, friendship, love, and renewal. And then what was surprising to me was the unfaithful spouse marked forgiveness lower than the betrayed spouse. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe the idea of the betrayed spouse having on their mind that they need to forgive. Mm -hmm. However, what's interesting about that too, and it's kind of contrary to what you looked at in that data, is that in the last question, we just asked free form. We just say, hey, just describe what do you hope your experience will mm -hmm. be in this next year? And we took out all of those written responses and broke it down, comparing them to the unfaithful and betrayed spouse and put them into a, a kind of a word cloud. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, we'll post a lot of these results on the podcast page, fairhealing.com slash podcast 201. The word cloud is interesting for the unfaithful spouse. Forgiveness was one of the prominent words mm -hmm. they used when they were writing out their own description. And it didn't even appear in the betrayed spouses. Hmm. So it's interesting that they so put the it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they marked it high when the word was provided for them. But when we just said, in your own words, talk about what you want. Forgiveness was hardly mentioned by mm -hmm. the betrayed, but apparently, you know, sought after for the unfaithful spouse. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it makes sense, though, in a way. Because yeah. I think the betrayed spouse, it's like when they're just writing how they feel they're not necessarily going to go to, and I need to forgive, you know, and I'm working on forgiving. But when they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. What about the difference between the experience of those who just recently found out about an affair, say in the past year, compared to those who found out about an affair several years ago? Anything that was alike or different? Oh, well, a ton of <laughs> things that were alike or different. So some of these were to be expected. Things like anger had lowered quite a bit for the ones that had found out more time ago. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, depression was slightly lower for those who had found out a while ago. Distrust was slightly lower. So those are all to be expected and I think you know are good in moving forward. 
There were a couple that I felt like were interesting, though, in the fact that I wouldn't have expected insecurity. It seems like insecurity was a slight bit higher for those who had found out a while ago. And I feel like it's possible that that's just because of processing time. Mm. Takes a lot more time maybe to really kind of get over the shock of it. Mm. And then it kind of sinks in. And this is where I wish we had the data on how many people were involved in counseling. And that was the point I was going to make as well is, would that number be lower if they received longer term counseling or or any counseling? I'll I'll tell you what, as a counselor, if it wasn't with the clients I was working with, I'd be wondering, what am I doing? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. Um, This was another interesting one. These are low again, though, but still, confidence was exactly equal between the two. Mm. Forgiveness was almost exactly equal. So in some of these issues, there's an obvious change. Some of the strong emotions, there's a settling down over time. Mm -hmm. But some of these lingering ones, like Mm -hmm. dealing with struggling with forgiveness. um, Or dealing with the insecurity Insecurity. Mm -hmm. That probably has a much longer tail of healing on it. Sure. We often tell people that we're dealing with that this is not a quick fix. You know, if you come in expecting that two months, three months from now, we're moving on, everything's done. That's (laughs) rather unrealistic. (laughs) It, It takes a while for healing to happen. Yeah. In answer to the question, what is the one personal change you'd like to experience in 2017? I would like to experience joy. Uh, According to a definition I read that defined it as The feeling you feel when someone is happy to be with you or you are happy to be with them. I want to get to the place where I have better emotional intelligence to experience joy and return to joy from bad emotions. Weariness for the ones that had found out years ago was much higher. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, wow, oh, that's sad. And then I thought, but that makes sense because if you're dealing with an affair, you know, for that long, especially like if you're staying in the marriage and you're trying to deal with it to, to reconcile, you would, you know, after a while, you you would get tired, you know? That doesn't mean that there isn't good stuff in there with it. Well, it's see, just maybe and, and that's another thing we don't know. How many of those couples are still dealing with yeah. the affair yes. too though yes. some have really spouse haven't resolved going, some of these things yeah right. spouse still going back and forth and is yep. that where the weariness is absolutely. coming in absolutely because there hasn't been resolution right yeah. absolutely because i can't man if if a couple has moved through the resolving of these things mm-hmm. the resolution you're dealing with the past in a way that kind of wraps it up so that they can move forward uh forgiveness has been doing its work I can't imagine that weariness would still yeah. be the same. I would there's agree. something that's yeah. yeah, there's a lot more I'd want to know about. Yeah, that, that. it's true. There I get very this peaks interest at big time, mm. you know. I'm mm-hmm. like what is happening? On the on the really upside, hopefulness for the ones that had found out longer ago was higher and renewal was significantly higher and I mean it was 17 times higher. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
Um, that's interesting to me too. It, that is the, the thing that even with the negative things that have happened or even with the things that are still there that are upsetting and, and difficult and, and still require a lot of attention and time, that idea that there can be renewal is strong. Another thing that came out in comparing uh, recent exposure of an affair to those that found out longer ago, looking at how many marriages survived. Hmm. Those that found out last year, 2016, 10% said they were no longer mm-hmm. married or mm-hmm. with their spouse. Mm-hmm. When we compare to those who found out several years ago, the number 20%, mm. one out of five. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that they, the marriages ended because there was an affair. I mean, if we got a group of married people together that had no affair, a certain percentage of them are no longer going to be married mm-hmm. after three or four years, right, too. Right. So, I mean, some of that difference between 10 and 20 percent uh, may not even be due to just the affair, but other factors in the relationship in the marriage. But I thought that was still significant that four out of five were still in their marriage, and probably a significant number of those never saw it outside help. Mm. I mean, because a lot of times the assumption is, oh, when an affair happens, the marriage is done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know that's not true. Mm -hmm. Most marriages do survive. Now, whether they survive in a happy, content, you know, satisfying way, that's a different question. That's why we like to be involved to help people have a more satisfying outcome. But most marriages are surviving this or staying together. So did anything else come out from your looking at these surveys that you want to bring up? I just noticed that trust... I felt was repeated over and over and over again in the comments. Mm-hmm. It was love and trust. Obviously, love, that's what you're asking about, so that right. makes sense. But trust, I just felt, was a recurring theme in the comments that people mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. when they could write freely. Yeah. Um, it is at the core of every relationship, not just marriage relationships, friendships, friendships family. family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Trust is huge. And again, I guess because it carries so much weight, when it gets broken, it just takes so much to try to restore it. Everybody has to be 100% in trying to rebuild it. And I think there's still that small part of you that maybe holds back forever. Even if the relationship is good, even if it's restored, there's still that little piece that says there's not that blind faith anymore. Yeah, yeah. One person wrote, I hope for the grace to forgive, the trust to love unconditionally, and the courage to trust completely. And that, by every measure that we've seen in these surveys, is a process that takes time and tension Mm -hmm. and effort. Mm -hmm. And again, like Jen just said, even if for the rest of your life there's a little tiny piece of you that just isn't going to be able to trust again like it used to, there's so much strength in being able to walk through the rest of your life with that and be okay with that. And it's all right and it's part of your story. It becomes a different kind of trust. I mean, before an affair, it's kind of like blind trust. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. riding my bike before I had an accident was just, you know, my bike works. I get yeah. on it and this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And once the wheel fell off and I crashed and went to the hospital, I got back on my bike story. again. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's your story. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I did ride my bike again, got back on it. But e- even today, even though that happened years and years ago, there's always in the back of my mind this awareness of, oh, I know what could happen if I hit the right kind of bump and mm-hmm. my wheel's not on mm-hmm. tightly. Yeah. I still trust my bike but with an awareness that, oh, this can fail me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's worth writing. It's worth doing the thing that I enjoy. So right. It's a trust that's earned as well. So there's something in that as well, I think, mm-hmm. a form of strength in that. Mm-hmm. So how have we as therapists, who each have our own story to tell, how have we been able to find our ways back to hope again? 
Well, I've probably talked at length about my own working through mistrust, distrust, you know, the struggles that I have because I have been um, betrayed. With my hope for the future, it really is the things that help me are being aware of what I'm feeling, noticing it, and working through it. At that moment, choosing to not react as much as notice and sort it out and then let it go and keep moving forward. My hope in my own life and in my marriage with Tim has been to just kind of trust that I don't need to be hypervigilant. I don't need to worry and wonder and question all the time. That instead, I can notice that I'm feeling that way, notice that that's that part of me that will always kind of be there, that awareness of what could happen, and then just move forward trusting that if my story turns that direction, if Tim makes a bad mistake, (laughs) I will get through it. I know that. I know that 100%. And I think that's different than before when I didn't know that I would get through it. So I think that to me is my hope and has been my strength. I am much more aware of myself much more aware of my story, and I have a lot of confidence in my ability to navigate that. Kind of similar, Sharon, to what you were saying. For me, it's it's also the trust that no matter the outcome, I can't control my husband. I can't control what happens to me, but I can control my response to it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I know I will be okay no matter what he chooses to do. Exactly. And I've said it on the forum probably multiple times that you have to be okay with yourself before you can move forward in that place because I can't control the choices he makes. I can be Mm -hmm. the perfect wife and he can still choose to do something, make a mistake again. But if I'm okay with who I am, I'm okay knowing that no matter what the outcome of my relationship is, with my marriage, friendships, family, that I will be okay. In 2017, what I would like to do is continue to finish a 12-step program that I'm on for trauma healing. Um, I'm very active in church. I am beginning to focus more on what I want, what I would love, who I am, instead of what he's doing and not doing. So in 2017, I hope to be uh, in a better place this year, and I hope to be able to truly forgive him. Uh, whether or not he changes, and just to heal on my own. And I think from my perspective as someone who has had an affair, I could say somewhat the same thing, that I had to get to the place where I understood what healing for me was like to be able to experience hope again. A lot of my difficulty was more centered around guilt, shame, feelings of worthlessness, wondering if I could trust myself again. So for me to experience forgiveness and grace, those were two huge things I needed to experience. And yet to know that that didn't necessarily have to come solely from the person that I betrayed. I mean, for a while I wondered if I'd ever be forgiven. Fortunately, there has been a lot of work and forgiveness, but I think I had to struggle with understanding what that meant for me, even if it never came fully from that other person. Mm -hmm. And as I did, I mean, it allowed me to move forward with a different kind of expectation and hope for what my future could be Mm. and would be. You know, it's interesting because when you come down to it, it is the same for the betrayed spouse and the wayward Mm -hmm. spouse. It's that internal 
love and acceptance for yourself, forgiveness, and um, it, it's interesting. It's very, di- it, I mean, it looks different, but it really is the same thing. Like what you were just describing, Tim, yeah. was like that internal forgiveness and that work that you've had to do. Can I ever trust myself again? Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? It's yeah. interesting. And But it makes it tremendously easier when that is a focus and a foundation, but then you have the support of the partner. Sure. Well, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but don't I mean, make the world of a yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think that's going to be a natural outcome? If yeah. the betrayed spouse has that internal feeling of, I'm going to be okay, I have the strength, and I have the ability, and I will be all right, and I'm intentionally choosing to move forward in this relationship, and I'm choosing to forgive the betrayer and I'm choosing to like love that person. I mean, don't you think that's going to be a natural outcome once that person has that internal feeling of healing and wholeness that they're going to be able to to extend that grace and that forgiveness to that's, the, that mm-hmm. tends to be the yeah. natural outcome of that. Yeah. yeah. And vice versa. I yeah. think mm-hmm. the person who had the affair once they do struggle and and make it through that f- internal forgiveness and that internal sense of self that is like i can trust myself again i am in control of myself i can choose to be faithful from now until we pass away together you know (laughs) um that that then that person will be able to extend a level of closeness and intimacy with the person that they betrayed i mean don't you think that's going to be a natural extension most of the time there's going to be like a closeness right But, but but we are all all three of us you know, really encourage that personal growth towards healing, knowing that in most cases, like you say, the natural outcome of that is going to be if you are in a relationship where there has been connection and trust in the past, mm-hmm. that your partner is going to join you there. Mm-hmm. But to be able to move towards that regardless of the choice the other person mm-hmm. makes, because sometimes right. they don't make the right choice. Giving up that control, too. Yeah. Yes. That's like, yeah, one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. I think each of us has the opinion that looking at these survey results that probably a number of these people that are experiencing ongoing difficulty may not be experiencing those things at that level if they've been involved in personal help. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I believe that's true. I believe in the effectiveness of counseling and coaching and mm-hmm. so forth. And just want to mention that all three of us, Sharon, Jennifer, myself, we're available for counseling for people that live in the Central Florida area, but even people that are outside of this area uh, can get involved with us for phone coaching. We enjoy helping people take their next steps, moving in the right direction, building a good momentum. Whether you're an individual or as a couple, if we can be of help to you, go to fairhealing.com coaching or go to the podcast page for this podcast, fairhealing.com podcast 201. And you'll get more information about that. But we do wish you all well for 2017. And we hope that at the end of this year, as you report your experience of it, can be something that reflects change, positive change for your life and for your relationship. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. The Recovery Room Podcast is a resource provided by AffairHealing.com. For more information about the podcast and resources for Affair Recovery, including archives of past programs and the schedule for upcoming ones, please go to affairhealing.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Tim Tedder. See you next time.